0: This is the Mark Stucheski podcast. Teresa Heath-Waring is an award-winning international speaker, TEDx speaker, trainer, a podcaster, and business owner. Teresa works with business owners and entrepreneurs to create business and life they love. Oh, I love that word, through effective marketing. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me Mark. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for having a proper English accent. <laughs> I had accent. a gentleman on the show yesterday, an incredible gentleman Andrea Pac- Pacini. Now, I'm assuming you listened to yesterday's episode. Uh who was born and raised in Italy and now he lives in London. I'm like, "Dude, where's your where's your English accent?" But you have a proper accent. So thank you for that.
1: I do. I've been here my whole life. So I should hopefully (laughs) sound as English as they come.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, I'm excited you're here because what we're going to talk about today, listener, is incredible. So we're going to talk about the challenges when starting, when Teresa started her business as a single parent. So if you're a single parent, no excuses. And she had no money. Okay. So the reason why I wanted to point that out, because Teresa, a lot of people, as you know, have excuses. I'm a single parent. I've got kids, which means you're a parent. Uh, I've got no money. I got no education. I can't go to school and on and on and on. And you said, Hey, it is possible because you did it as a single parent with no money. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. So firstly, I think I should say
1: I never intended on having my own business. Like (laughs) I wasn't one of those people. You know, there's people out there that when they're in school, they're selling lemonade or they're doing the things. No, never me. I was a very good employee. I liked being an employee. I liked the fact that I was patted on the head and told I was doing a good job. And life turned and changed as it does, whether we like it or not. And I found myself as a single parent and I was running a marketing agency and I was head of marketing in this marketing agency that I worked for. And I, I really enjoyed it. But things changed and life changed. And basically, I thought, you know what? I think I need to move on from this job and get another job. So I handed my notice in very foolishly without getting another job, <laughs> thinking, I'm good at what I do. I'm really good at marketing. I'll get another job. I live in a fairly rural ish part of England. And there weren't those big businesses around that wanted to suddenly give me a really nicely paid job. So we're about four weeks into my eight weeks notice and nothing is coming. And I'm starting to feel a little bit like, okay, I am going to have to do something soon. So I started to even let the idea come into my head. What if I started my own business? I've been doing marketing for other people. I can do this. What if I did it for myself? And with that thought, almost my boss at the time realized and asked me to leave. So at that point, I had one week of one week of salary being paid. And then obviously I was getting my salary at the end of the month. I had no savings, no husband, no rich parents. I had parents, they weren't rich. Like I I had no money. Like I literally had the money that was coming in for my salary and I was totally up against the wall and thought, I've got to start making money. And went into my business in the worst way I think anybody could go into it because I kind of didn't want it, really. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any time to set it up. So you know when people come and talk to you about setting up a business, and they're like, have you got a business plan? Have you done this? How many weeks have you spent searching your perfect customer and your brand and all this? No, I had about five days. And within five days, I was up and running, and I needed to earn money. It was crazy. Wow.
0: So I want the listener to understand that, we work best when we are have our backs against the wall. I was fired in July of 2005, and I was at a crossroads. Do I get another job, or do I become an entrepreneur? And I chose the entrepreneur uh, uh, path, obviously. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I just sounded cool. I'm glad I did. But it's kind of scary because whether you got fired like I did or you're let go or you're downsized or the business goes out of business, whatever the case may be, it's kind of scary because as human beings, we love certainty. We love knowing we have a job. We have a stable income. We know we go to the same desk in the same building. We park in the same parking spot. We love the certainty. However, certainty can only get you so far. I mean, I'm studying right now under Grant Cardone and he made most of his money, not from his training and speaking and his shirts. He makes most of his money on real estate investments. When I learned that, I'm like, ah, that's something that the, let's say the poor people and I'm using Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, poor dad book. Don't know. They work for money with a rich make money work for them, but it's scary because it's, let's say you lose a job and you're making hundred K a year, or in your case, hundred pounds a year. Well, you're like, okay, I'm my own boss, but guess what? You're the janitor, you're the CEO, you're the secretary, you're the marketing yeah. department, you're everything. So let's talk about that. And that's such a good point because also I think when
1: you first venture into the world of, oh, I'm going to have my own business, you see what Instagram and the rest of the world wants you to see that, oh, it's amazing. I get to work from anywhere. I can do short days. I don't do this. Oh my goodness. I was in for the shock of my life. I always thought I work hard, always did. I'm a hard worker. I like working hard. Nothing like when I had my own business. And I think that was one of the biggest shocks of all. I thought, how hard can this be? I genuinely thought that what a fool I was. I thought how hard can this be because I'm really good at marketing and that's what I'm going to sell. I didn't have the first idea about the finance, the HR of myself, mindset. Mindset is crazy important. You know, having the tenacity to keep showing up and showing up and showing up. I was so unaware of all those things. It was ridiculous, but you're right. You have to do everything. You have to go into your business knowing that suddenly And the other thing that makes me laugh is years before I was made a director at at another business I worked at. And I remember thinking I was just the bee's knees. Like I thought I am brilliant. I'm a director. Check me out. And then when you get your own business and suddenly you're a business owner (laughs) It's like, that doesn't feel very impressive because you realize you're doing all the stuff and you're constantly working. And and that's what I had to do when I started. I remember people asking me, you know, to this day, like, how did I make it work? And I said, I had no choice. My choice was, do you want a house for you and your daughter? Do you want to pay the mortgage? Do you want to feed your child? You've got to make it work. And I think you're so right. I I think we are very good at finding reasons why we can't do things and why things can't succeed or finding things to blame or get out of jail free cards where we're like, well, it's not my fault because of this. And I'm not saying you should be a single parent with a mortgage and no savings. But when people say, how did you make it work? I had to, I had no choice. So that was my biggest gift. It was the scariest thing, but it was absolutely my biggest gift. And I tell you what else was one of my biggest gifts. No one believed in me. Ah, Like my family, my friends thought I had lost my mind and they said ridiculous things like, well, if it doesn't work, you can always get a job. And they'd written me off before I'd even started. They'd literally, I hadn't even been going a week and they were already doubting I could make it a success. And I just thought, I'll show you, you know, actually, I'm going to make this work. And those two things gave me all the drive and all the power I needed to work, you know, really, really hard to make it work.
0: No one believes in you. You know how many people believe in me to this day? October 6th, 2021. Teresa, do you know how many people actually believe in me? Oh, do you know what? I'd love to say it was a really big number, but the truth is,
1: I don't think it is. I think as the best will in the world, people love us and they support us, but I don't think anybody has the belief in themselves like we have.
0: I have two people that believe in me, my beloved wife and my 84 year old aunt that believe Amazing. with no doubt. I am going to be successful. I go to, I'm an evangelical Christian. I go to a Bible study class and I'm the only entrepreneur in there. And I learned early on, never listen to non-entrepreneurs They have heart of gold. They really love you, but they say, (laughs) when are you going to get a real job? How many times have you heard that? I'm like, I have a real job. Not only that, but I work seven days a week and they're like, why do you work seven days a week? Because it's not work for me. I love what I'm doing. You go to the office and you work there eight to five and you got meetings and you got this and that and subordinates and bosses. I don't have any of that. I'm my own boss and I love what I do. And mm-hmm. I work seven days a week because I wanna work seven days a week. And if I want to take a day off, I can take a day off. I love the freedom, but mm-hmm. I really get annoyed at the people who don't believe in me. And to your point, we're gonna show them. We yeah. are gonna show them. One of the person I'm training under is Grant Cardone. He's worth over two billion dollars. Okay. Um a lot of people don't believe in him when he started, he was in the drugs and his father died when he's young. And people said, you're never going to be successful. And he said, I'm going to show you. And he has. So if you have naysayers in your life, listener, distance yourself from them, even if they're family members, because you want to hang around people like Teresa and me who are going to cheer you on and encourage you.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I I did a post not that long ago about, you know, the things I've learned in seven years of running my business. And one of them was you will lose friends and that's okay. Like, No one wants to go out to lose friends, but you realize that, like you said, you know, the people who have faith in you, I agree. My husband is the same. And I think probably my husband would be the only one on my list of absolutely believes I can do it more than maybe I do sometimes. (laughs) But like, you know, the other people in your world, you've got people, I've got people who will be like, oh yeah, that's brilliant. Not really understand it, but be, you know, be a nice cheerleader. Um, but then I've got people in my world who literally just didn't get it and didn't understand and couldn't understand why I'd worked so hard or couldn't understand why I couldn't go to such and such event because I was off doing something to do with work. And and like you said, you, 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 know, you have those conversations with them and, and you realise that actually you're very far apart. And there's a great quote from Brene Brown that talks about, if you're not in the arena getting your bum kicked alongside me, then I don't want to listen
0: to your opinion. Yes. And it's so, so true, isn't it? I once, well, not once, more than several times, I've heard people say, Mark, you're 56 years old. And I'm like, I'm 56 years young. Okay. It's all in the mindset. Oh. Like, okay, you're 56 years young, young. Get it. So what are you going to do about retirement? And I'm like, don't you curse at me? And they're yeah. like, what? Don't say the R word. Yeah, and they get he's this really puzzled look on their face. I'm like, why would I want to retire from something I love doing? I'm not like a sandblaster or a welder, but even if I was, if I love doing it, why would I want to retire? I could not imagine being retired and like playing golf every day or sitting on the porch, rocking in the rocking chair. If that's what you want to do, fine. Right. But for me, no way. Hey, you listening to the Mark Duchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Duchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter. And you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. No. And you're right. I have exactly the same conversation. And the reason I know...
1: I'm doing the right thing every single day in what I do in my business. Is if I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd still show up and do my stuff. You too. It's not about the money. Don't get me wrong. I want the money. I need the money. I want to be really financially successful more than I am now. And I, you know, we do all right. But but the truth is, I just adore what I do and I love helping the business owners. I love seeing them grow. And honestly, You could give me all the money in the world and I'd still want to show up and do it. I mean, I might, you know, outsource a few other bits that I don't need to do more than I do already, but I would still be doing the thing. And I think that in itself is so that, you know, I can't say that about any other job I've worked or an employed job I've worked never. And I don't know many people other than business owners that would also think like that.
0: Me either. And my goal every day is happiness. Okay, Mm -hmm. I I first heard Gary Vaynerchuk say that a lot. Happiness, 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 happiness. And, you know, I know a lot of people make a lot of money, have a lot of great perks, maybe get a car, maybe get to fly first class. Mm -hmm. But they're not happy. I'm like, you only get one life. I'd rather make less money and be happy than make a trillion dollars and be miserable. Mm -hmm. I mean, happiness. I mean, I could tell that you're happy. By the look on your face, I I'm happy. I look at like Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. Do you remember Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like Tigger T I go. Okay. I I'm yeah. hyperactive. This is how annoyingly optimistically happy I am. But if nothing else, at least be a Winnie the Pooh or a Christopher Robin or a Piglet. Don't be an Eeyore. We yeah. all have Eeyores in their life. They're like, oh, I got to go to work. I got to work until I'm 90. It's like, I don't want to hang around people like that. Why do I want to hang around someone who's... uh? Who is like so unhappy? They're so miserable because what they do, and you know this, Teresa, they suck Mm -hmm. the energy right out of you. They just like, you walk away from these people and you're like, I feel like I have bubonic plague or something because they sucked all the energy out of you. Absolutely. And I think that's the other thing that's so
1: important. You've got people you look up to, you follow, you train with, I'm the same. And I think it's really important in those early days to surround yourself with as many of those people as you can, because you need those people cheering you on. You need that motivation. You need that mindset because this isn't easy. Now, I love it. I adore it, but it doesn't mean it's always easy. And I think the other thing that's really important, and and we talked about working seven days a week and we don't mind because we love it. But I think the other thing that's important is, is making sure that you create the business that fits with you and your life. And I think often, especially if you're employed, it doesn't fit with you and your life. It doesn't fit with, you know, like you said, some people earn considerably more money than I do. And I look at what they do and I look at their lifestyle and I have to make the decision, is that what I want for me in my life? I really enjoy the life I have right now. I really enjoy the time I get to sit and relax on a weekend or take the children out or do whatever. And I enjoyed that. I earn some good money and I get to do what I love. I could earn way more money if I wanted to work more hours, but right now my season of life, that doesn't fit. You know, I've got, young-ish child, you know, 11, Youngish. She thinks she's about 22. Yes. Um, I remember the names. Said- My, I have two daughters. I remember 11. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're way older than they are. Yep. But, it, you know, uh, at the moment, the balance is really important to me. So even though some people mark their success by the income or they mark their success by the stages you've spoke on, and it's like, it has to be a balance of everything. It has to be Yeah, great, you could earn that money, but actually, are you happy either working that much or doing it that way or showing up like that? It's got to be authentic with you and how you want to be in your life and your family.
0: You know, when I tell people I'm an entrepreneur, because entrepreneur is such a big buzzword in our society today, they're like, oh, you're so lucky. You've got the life. I wish I could be an entrepreneur. I said, well, first of all, you can be an entrepreneur if you want to. Number two, it's not all ice cream cupcakes and whipped cream, okay if only. It, it, you see this podcast with Teresa. I'm like, oh man, Mark, you're so good at this. I've done over 970 episodes, okay That's I insane. when I was in high school in college, I hated doing any kind of oral reports. Now I'm very comfortable recording you know Instagram reels or YouTube videos, but it took practice, okay there are plenty of days like for example today. We had 15 minutes trying to get you in the room. We had these technical issues. So you didn't yeah. see that. If I didn't share that with the audience, they would know, but it's yeah. not all glamour. I mean, you look at, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk before the pandemic hit, he was flying all around the world. You know, there are times when planes got canceled or delayed or due the weather or people got sick. Look at, yes, we, we do have the freedom and we actually have the the ability to fire clients if if they're idiots if they're if they're sucking our energy if they're not doing the work we can fire people like that there's no board of directors okay but there are a lot of things people don't understand. Just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you own two helicopters and a private jet like Grant Cardone. He worked very uh, hard to get that. And have so, you not got two helicopters. What's that? <laughs> I said, have you not got two helicopters? No, I, I, I don't even if have only. one yet. But I, you know, it is on my goal list to have a private jet. And people go, uh, "Oh, you want to have a private jet?" I said, "Look, it. It's not. You, you never have a private jet." for the fun of it. Cause they're expensive. You have a private jet because it gives you more time. So I like, I live in Houston, Texas. My parents live in uh, South of Orlando and my dad's 80. He's got health issues. My mom's got late onset Alzheimer's. How cool would it be. If something happened to dad or mom for me to show up at the airport and be in, in Orlando in three hours. Yeah. Without going to TSA, without going through security, you just get on the plane to take off because what do you do? Blow up your own plane with you on it? I mean, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. But but see, the thing is, and we could talk a little bit about goals if you want, is I have some giant goals. And I used to have tiny goals until I started following Grant Cardone's 10X movement. And I made my goals scary big. So one of my goals is to have a net worth of $100,000. Now, people go, what are you going to do with all that money? And what I tell them, honestly, Teresa, is when you have a lot of money, you can have a lot of people. You can help yeah. a lot of people when you don't have a lot so of money, money, when you can barely make your expenses, you can't help anybody. So I want to make a ton of money and a hundred thousand dollars. It's that's just the, the, the foundation. I hope yeah. to make a billion dollars or like Grant says, I want to be a Billy killer. Eventually someday I want to be a Billy killer. I've got at least 44 years left on this planet. I'm aiming for triple digits. So get <laughs> Good. I love it. But you're right. And I think that's the other thing. I think people can't
1: understand where we get that ambition from and where we get our drive and our goal setting. And it, and it was new to me when I came into the entrepreneurial world, when I started my own business. I didn't have that either. But I tell you what I've brought into my life, which I find to begin with, I was very awkward talking about it, but now I'm 100% like, this is a great thing. I have a very lovely lady that comes to my house every day and she preps our meals for us. Oh, nice. And it's the most phenomenal thing <laughs> I can tell you. And people, people who know me, my friends, think, well, they probably think, who the hell do you think you are, quite <laughs> honestly? But the truth is, I... I have a house with my child, my stepchildren, we have dogs, my husband works away, he used to be in the military, but he still works away now. And I would be on a call till eight o'clock at night doing whatever I do, and I'd open my office door, and they'd all be stood there going, what's for dinner? And I would be like, are you actually kidding? (laughs) So I looked into it, I looked into the fact of what if I brought someone on to do this for us? And I remember thinking, this is the most extravagant thing ever. But the truth is, the money, it's just the priority of the money. Mm -hmm. That's all. My priority is more important over here than over here. So all I've done is shift it from somewhere to somewhere else. Secondly... This is so important to us as a family. We can either not pay for her to plan and cook our meals. And then every day they come to me and I'm like, I don't know because I've been working very hard (laughs) and I'm not thinking about dinner. And then we eat some absolute rubbish or order takeout or don't feed my children very well. Or I pay someone, which again, I'm helping her because She's being paid to work with us and I think we're quite nice fun. We have a bit of a laugh. She gets to do what she wants. You know, so she's got a nice work environment. We get helped out and it helps our life altogether. But to begin with, I genuinely thought, oh, I can't tell anybody about this. This is so extravagant. Who do I think I am? And it's like, and do you know what? My daughter went to school and uh, she said to her friends, we have someone who cooks our meals for us now. We've got a chef. And they went, your mum is so lazy. Right. Oh wow. <laughs> Seriously, and then she came home and told me, and I said, you know, so and so her mum doesn't work. You know, so and so her mum doesn't work. You know, so and so her mum doesn't work. And it was so funny because I was out with my dad the other day. It was his birthday, and and I thought I thought when I first told him he would be like, hang on a minute, but he wasn't. He was cool about it, and he said to my daughter when we were having this conversation, and my, we were talking about it, and my daughter said, so why don't their mums work? And My dad went because they're lazy. <laughs> That was brilliant. Oh my goodness. You know, no one can judge me. No one can judge my life. No one can judge what I do. I have chosen that my time is much better spent working on my business, doing doing something I love more. I do love cooking, but not when I'm under pressure on night and it's eight o'clock and they're all yelling at me for food. And it was something that was sat with me in our household of jobs. So I outsourced it. And I just think more people should set those big crazy goals they should think about those things and and not think that these things are impossible or saved for the super rich private jet if you're a kardashian fine anyone else don't you dare even think about
0: it no why not why can't you have it does your to-do list have you overwhelmed When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Well, a couple things. I've got to start adding the word rubbish to my (laughs) vocabulary. I do have a mastermind buddy who lives in Sheffield, England, and she's teaching me all this proper English. So I like Mm -hmm. rubbish. I got to start using it more, but you touched on judging people and and people are more, more, uh, more appropriate people judging us. And that really annoys me. So when people say, well, I don't think your podcast is that great, Mark. And I used to get offended. Now I'm like, oh, so what is the name of your podcast? Well, I don't have a podcast. I'm like, (laughs) it's kind of like you telling someone you don't know how to write a book. Have you, written, you a book? Have written a book? And exactly. I, I've learned to tune these people out now because listen, I get up every day and I engage on social media and I create a YouTube video and I create a podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, or more importantly, if you're not going to support me and say, listen, I applaud what you're doing, Mark. Good for you. I don't want you in my life because no. there are plenty of people like you, Teresa who will cheer me on. And my mastermind buddy I don't want to hang around people who are like, "Why are you working too hard? Why are you working seven days mm. a week? Slow down! You're all going to be retiring soon." I don't want to work with people like that. I don't want to hang right. around people like that. I want people to go, and I'm sure you want to say, "Go, go, go! You can do it! You can do it!" We want those yeah. kind of people in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said earlier, the only people who I can
1: get that from are people who have got their own businesses, who have walked the walk, talked the talk, and who have got there. And I think what happens in, in you know, I guess, everyday life is that normally, and actually you guys over in the States are much better at this than we are in the UK. We really like to bring someone down if they've got somewhere. So if they've succeeded, if they've earned money, if they... It's almost in our nature, not in mine, but in the culture of the UK, that we have to be like, oh, well, you know... They're this, that, and the other, and bring them down. And actually, we should be looking at those people going, you know, Grant Cardone is a great example. You know, he is a very wealthy man, lives a very nice life. He's proof to you, you can do it.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And that's how we should be looking at these people.
0: He said something, uh, one of his trainings a couple of years ago that always stuck with me. He says, if you want to make a million dollars a year, someone's already done it, you can too. If you want to make a million dollars a month, somebody's already done it. You can too. If you want to make a million dollars a day? Somebody's already done it. You can do it. You want to make a million dollars an hour. Somebody's already done it. You can, too. You want to make a million dollars a minute? Somebody has already done it. You can, too. And when I heard that it clicked, I'm like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Who says I can't make a million dollars a year, a million dollars a month, a million dollars a day, a million dollars an hour, a million dollars a minute. The only one standing in my way is me. And I I'll never forget that lesson. As long as one person has done it and the chances are any goal you want to want to achieve someone, at least one person's already done it. You want to summit Mount Everest? Many people have done it. So go find that person that's done it and study them. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: we do goal setting a lot in my world and and with my students. And I'm a big goal setter. And I'm like you, really big, massive like, in fact, I didn't go private jet. I went only flies first class. Okay, So, you know, I'm halfway there. And then maybe (laughs) as I get halfway there, I'll do the private jet thing. But like, I'm a really big fan of that. And and I did some training a little while back and I said, right, I want you to imagine your perfect day. And I mean, your most perfect day. Where are you waking up? What are you doing? Who are you with? And I said, dream big. And they started telling me a few people shared what they've done. And this one lady gets on and said, you know, I'd love to live in one of the lake houses over in, she was in the UK and it was over in the States somewhere and in Colorado or something. And then, and I was like, okay. And she almost instantly went, you know, like that's not going to happen. And I said, Oh, does that not exist then? Does no one live in a (laughs) lake house in that country or in that place? (laughs) And she looked at me and I was like, so does it not exist? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, it exists. I said, So why couldn't you have it? Like, and I think that's the problem. There's there's some block in most people that go, Well, that's not for me. And yes. I think, I don't know about you, but actually for me, my mum, when I was being brought up, was a particularly bad influence about that. It was very much those people have it, we mm-hmm. don't. And that's not for us. And money doesn't grow on trees. Yep. And and you should have seen my my dear mum has passed away now. She passed away very young, and you should have seen because we were. I was my I was in my business when uh, when she was still alive, and I started doing all the money abundance and and positive mindset and all this. And I would go around to her house, and she would say something, and of course I'd come back with, "But money's everywhere, mum. Money's easy to come by." And she would look at me like, "What is wrong with you?" But I just thought, even if even if just for a second you don't believe that. Your big goals are gonna come, or all that positive stuff is gonna work, or you know, if you're into manifesting, or whatever it is that you're into, even if for a second you don't believe it's going to be true, isn't it just nicer to believe it is? Like, doesn't it just make you feel happier thinking about? And I visualize, I visualize, we've been very lucky. I've been on first class twice. I did it with points. I didn't pay for it. I used to fly a lot. So I did it on points, but I've done it. So now I can visualize, I can see the seats. I can see the service. I can see where my daughter would sit, where my stepson would sit. I could imagine what they'd say. Isn't that just a much nicer thought in your head than thinking, well, I'm probably never going to have that, am I? Now,
0: let, I just, let me ask you, because I saw uh, Steve Harvey talk about once you sit in first class, Oh. Uh, It'll it's forever changing. So when you walk past first class, is that true? Is it like, oh, I sat there once? And it's it's kind of <laughs> weird, right? Honestly, there's a great saying
1: that is, if I had never seen such riches, I could cope with being poor. <laughs> and it's so true. Because once you taste it, so now Every flight we do, obviously we're not doing as many at the moment, but every time we go to book a flight, it's like, okay, how can I get to the next level? Can I at least be premium economy? Can I, can we be business? And that's great. Like, because it's changing the, I think it's changing my head. It's changing what that's worth, changing how much I need to do that. I don't want to go economy. I don't, I'm not built for those seats. I'm, you know, not a slim woman and I like space and I like nice things. So what is wrong with me working out a way to always have that? And one thing that always really bothered me is when people were really negative and and you will get this, you know, they're really negative about, you know, you wanting these things or your expectations and who do you think you are? And what really used to wind me up was, I'm not asking anybody else to do it for me. I'm not sat here going, I'm going to marry a rich husband or I'm going to, you know, hope that my parents secretly got loads of money and they die. Like, it's not that I'm doing it for myself. So surely I can set my expectations and levels as high as I want because it's only me who's got to get to them.
0: Mm. You know, my father is, like I told you, he's, she is, uh, he's my mom's full-time caregiver and he's 80 and... They're living off of Medicaid and Medicare to take care of mom. And I'm trying to tell my dad, one of the reasons why I work seven days a week is I want to make so much money that I can give them private caregiving. Mm -hmm. Now, my father doesn't even he's like, but Medicaid, I paid into it. I said, Dad, imagine being able to pick up the phone. And saying, hey, I need to go shopping. I need someone here. And they send someone within 30 minutes. And you don't have to deal with insurance. But my father, I love my father to pieces. But he can't even conceptualize getting out a governance subsidy. He can't even imagine when I make a lot of money that I can just pay for private caregiving for mom. Yeah. He can't even yeah. begin because his whole life has been, well, that's for the rich. It's not for me. I could, he's always got yeah. this negative thoughts. I'm like, dad, and I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to prove it to him when I start making that kind of money and say, look at dad, no more Medicaid and Medicare for you and mom, mm-hmm. my wife and I, we're going to pay for everything. And I know it's probably going to take three, four five months for him to finally believe it because he's been programmed for 80 plus years yeah. that yeah. he's not one of those type of people. Yeah. And,
1: and you're right. I think like, again, I had this conversation with my dad, you know, same kind of conversation in the sense of when my mum passed away and my mum would do the cleaning and she would like, she basically ran the home and my dad didn't, you know, he didn't know. He didn't even have a bank card. He didn't go shopping. He didn't know what food she bought or anything. And I went around there not so long ago and I was like, oh, dad, you could do with this sorting out. And he's like, oh, I haven't got time for that or whatever. And I said, well, I'll just get someone in. Why would you do that? I was like, well, why wouldn't you do that? Like, And again, with my husband, you know, he's like, I, he looked at the windows the other day. He's like, oh, they need clean. I said, I said, oh, look at the windows. And he went, yeah, it's the outside. I said, I'll get a window cleaner in. Well, I could do it. And I'm like, yeah, I know you can do it. I know given enough time, my dad can do the things that he can do. But why? Why do you need to? Like, and And it's funny, sometimes to begin with, when I first got our lovely Rachel and who cooks for us. I felt guilty if I then sat down of an evening or if I was, if I just took the afternoon off because I thought, oh, this time I should be doing this, this and this. But the truth is I need that time. We all need that time Mm -hmm. to like relax when we need to relax. And we shouldn't feel guilty about getting help and support and paying for things and doing things. Honestly, if I had the money, I'd fly first class all day long. It is such an amazing nice experience
0: do you know what the next step up the after first class is right well that's got to be my private jet well no there's a step in between it's called fractional ownership of a private aircraft so what you do you've looked into this uh, oh i have i have (laughs) so what happens is is depending on what level you invest in you pay whatever amount of money you pay per month Uh, after the initial investment. And if you pay a lot of money, you have like a four hour window. If you pay a little less money, you have like eight hour window, but it's still better because it actually takes you because small aircraft can fly anywhere to small airfields or big airfields, but it's the convenience. So I remember Grant talking about, he had a, he had a potential client in New York city and no, he was in, I forget where He had a flight in New York city from some other city. And he told the guy, you know what? I'm going to be there tomorrow. He wasn't going to be there tomorrow. He played, paid for first class, paid a boatload of money to fly to New York City because that gave the impression. Now he just hops on on his jet and flies anywhere, but it's not to be braggadocious. You get a private jet because it gives you more time. It gives you more flexibility. So what I want to leave the listener with is please dream big. And don't wait for January 1st. You're hearing this on October 6th. If you don't have goals, do not wait till January 1st, create some goals today. So Teresa, before we wrap up, anything else on your heart that you want to share with us today? I just think, think about what you love and if you love it and if you enjoy it and it's your passion,
1: then how can you not succeed and have faith in yourself and be tenacious and
0: just keep going. Yes. Keep going. Do not stop. Keep going until you take your last breath. So Teresa, where can we find out more about you cuz this was an utterly fascinating conversation. I know they're going to want to hear and find out more about you. Thank you so much, Mark. So if you just type in Teresa Heathwearing
1: any of your favorite platforms. I'm mostly on Instagram, but I am on everything. Or go to
0: tereseathwearing.com. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for being on the show. Absolute delight speaking to you with your proper english (laughs) accent and you didn't you were brilliant you were not rubbish and uh i got oh one other question i want to ask you Uh, this is yeah totally random do you prefer pound or quid
1: oh see i would say pound.
0: okay that's what my mastermind buddy said she goes i said i said i had to look up because the trying on apple tv plus was saying uh that they were saying they're not they're like a middle class couple and they were saying quid i said isn't quid a pound? She goes, yes, but posh people don't say quid. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess it's like in America, we have a dollar and we have a buck. And yes, rich people yes. don't say bucks, they say oh, No, they say dollar, yes. The
1: other word I've got to give you that um, I'm told is a very, that American people like, is we say gutted. Gutted? So I'm gutted. If you're gutted, it means like, oh, I'm so sad or I'm so annoyed. Oh. So like- I'm trying to rearrange some flights and I can't get the flights. I'm gutted. I can't get the flights because I want to go and travel to see my friends.
0: I just so added yeah. on my list of new English words. I should nude. So rubbish speaking English, proper, brilliant, gutted. All right. I'm on my way. Got it. Pretty soon I'll be fluent in English.
1: <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.